0: Chapter 9 After lights out, can lay staring up into the shadows of the cavern roof, thinking back over the past few days. He'd not done so badly. Overall, he decided he'd gotten a reed and earned his knife, learned how to shoot true under stress, And Ethac had shown him a special mark of favor. Out of the hundreds of boys he'd taught over the years, the man had given that knife to him. Wiccan turned on to his other side. He had reeds. He had a knife. All he needed now was a hideaway in which to make one that worked and teach himself to play. Now, while he knew of several places on the communal level where he'd be safely out of sight, he could think of no place safely out of hearing. No, if he wanted to play his pipe, He'd have to venture out of bounds. After the trouble with Ismoloch and Bermack, he dared not wander during the day. You're to be watched, Istrid had warned him. She did tend to stretch things, but there might well be truth in what she said. If so, Just who would be watching him? Not Bomac. now he was barred from the Hicksad. But he might have gotten someone else to do his work. Coming up onto one elbow, Wiccan peered across the rows of beds to where Arkud slept. That one, maybe? With Janik and Grisley going along, we can lay down again. It was possible. Even likely. He decided to keep his head down for a while at least. Time passed in quiet and orderly fashion. With wrestling and learning of plants, and working with letters and numbers. Time and again in the dormitory and in class, Wickham glanced to Arkwood and Janick and Grisley, but they seemed to pay him no attention. Walking from the commons to the dormitory, he'd glanced behind him, fearing to see one or other of that trio, but they were not in sight. Day by day, his sense of threat wore off, and once more he began to think about finding a place where he could make his pipe and try it out. One afternoon, when he had time to spare, and Arquid and Company were occupied elsewhere, Wicken headed for the main stairs. Finding the stairwell deserted, he was just about to shift when down around the bend came Bomac. Wicken spun about and fled. A coincidence, merely, he told himself stopping at last to catch his breath. O'Mac had been coming down towards him, not following behind. Coward, he told himself, running from a chance encounter. That night, after lights out, Wiccan was almost asleep when a sudden idea brought him wide awake. If it was too risky to go out looking for a hideaway in the daytime, how about at night? Wicken gazed out across the cavern at the rows of sleeping heads. Dare he? It was worth a try. Of course, he couldn't shift in the cavern, for the dormitory was never entirely dark. Anyone might be awake and see him disappear. Best to walk out normally in plain sight. If anyone challenged him, he'd say that he was going to the sluices. Once out safely, he could shift somewhere along the passage. But what if someone woke up and saw his empty cot, noticed how long he was gone? While it was hardly likely, he being in the back corner of the cavern, there was always tannic. He glanced across to his neighbour, snoring peacefully no more than, half a dozen paces from him. Sometimes Tanick stirred and cried out, and on occasion Baron on the other side had called for quiet. Maybe if he set his pillow in his place, and found something dark to serve as his hair. We can slid out of bed dressed fast and quietly. He placed his pillow longwise under the covers. Then, bundling up a dark brown fleece vest, put that where his head would be. Now he moved to stand by Tannik's cot to view his handiwork. Looked good enough to him. Wiccan crept from the dormitory by the cavern wall into the lighted passage outside. Halfway along, he looked both ways, then shifted and hurried on to the main stairs. There he paused, uncertain. Which way should he start looking for a place? Up or down? Still leery from the fuss over the ice caverns, he decided to head for the lower levels. Speeding lightly down deserted flights of stairs, he passed the barracks and went on. When he reached the plant cavern landing, he slowed, remembering the Hicksad's tour. The caverns were deserted at this hour. They were also dark, for the plants needed their night hours just as people did. Wickham groped his way around, brushing leaves and fronds. Breathing deep, thoughts of finding his hiding place forgotten. When at length he was lying back in his cot, his nose was so filled with the smell of green, the whole dormitory seemed to reek of it. The next night, as we can set out to look for his private place, he stopped by those caverns. If you'd asked him why, children, he'd likely have said what you would, if someone asked you what you were doing, lying in the warm sun on top of Farmer Mungo's haystack, or sitting on the riverbank, "'dangling your legs in the water. "'That it just seemed a good place to be. "'What did he do there? "'Nothing much. "'It was enough for him to wander through, "'breathing in the air, touching the plants, "'trailing his fingers through leaves.' Stroking bark and fronds, and picturing how everything would look outside in its proper place. It came to him then that this might be the very place to make his pipe. The keeper's never coming by after lights out. The next night, after making his round of the plants, Wiccan took out a reed and, setting up a small torch behind the raised beds in the very back of the cavern, began carving holes down the reed's side. When he had half a dozen small, neat holes, he set the reed to his lips, covered one of the holes, and blew. Nothing. With his knife point, he gouged out more reed, making each hole bigger. Still, he could not produce a single note. He covered each hole in turn, then two or three with different fingers. Still, nothing. He poked more holes in the reed until there were so many that it split apart. Wiccan looked down at his handiwork in disgust. Then, pocketing the reed's mangled remains, he doused the torch and stomped off to bed. All the next day he vowed there'd be an end of it. But. After lights out, he was back in his hole working on a second reed. After two hours' hard work, that pipe split apart as well. The next night, he took down two reeds and made a hash of those. That left Wicken with just one. More reed. Setting up his torch, he took out his knife and began to gouge a line of holes as before. This time, his knife slipped, cutting a slit right near the reed's edge. Bother. Wicken examined the damage. The reed was still intact, but the hole was large and hard to cover. He put it to his lips, partly covering the slit, and blew. Out came a high, clear note. We can almost dropped the reed. He lowered the reed and examined it. The slit. Had that been the answer? He turned the reed and blew. Nothing. Yes. Somehow that slit and the air it let through caused a note. Wiccan bent to his task, covering various holes with his fingers, and found that his crude pipe could produce a whole range of notes. For the next few nights, he picked out notes, learning how he made each one. Tried to play the tunes he'd heard at Istrid's feast, without success. He held up the pipe, surveying his handiwork with pride. He'd play them soon, he thought. It was only a matter of time. Dousing his torch, he was just about to leave when noises sounded through the archway. Approaching feet and voices... Torchlight glowed on the walls outside, flared into lighted torches. Two keepers stood framed in the entrance to Wiccan's back cavern. I heard it, I tell you. Not music, exactly, but something like. Clear as you hear me, and I swear I saw light. One exclaimed. Wicken grabbed up the dead torch and backed against the cave wall. The other raised his torch and waved it around. Whatever you saw or heard, it's not here now. Number one sniffed. I smell torch smoke. Someone's just doused to light. The second keeper stepped into the cave, sniffing very loudly. That's right, we did. And not so long since, upward of two dozen. You'll still be smelling it come morning. Huh, not quite music, smoke and light. Next time, take it to the boss. I'm going back to bed. The two men retreated, arguing. As soon as it was quiet, Wiccan crept to the outer entrance and peered out. They were gone. He could safely leave. But that was the end of that hideaway. Now he'd have to find another place. somewhere truly out of sight and hearing. The next day in plant class, Dirick showed the Hicksad a potted spruce, about two feet tall, dark green, and bristling with needles. See this? He held the plant up for all to see. Last week this was turning brown and losing its needles. And now look. What is more, all the plants below are perking up. Now, why do you think that is? Could there be a change in the water? One boy said. Is there more light? Said another. Did someone add something to the soil trays? Asked a third. Oh! 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 Tannick jigged up and down. Is there a new keeper? Wiccan stared at the sapling, remembering the pine seedling that tannick had brought him. How he'd thought that he'd had briefly come back to life at his touch. How the seedlings in the plant caverns had improved the day of the Hicksad tour. Could his nightly visits have had the same effect? Dirick looked to Wiccan. You're quiet, he said. You're usually one of the first to answer. What do you think? What did he think? <laughs> Wiccan certainly was not about to say. That night, he went down to the caverns running his hands through the branches and leaves. He willed them all to stand tall and flourish. I shan't be able to come every night, he murmured. I have to find myself a new hiding place, where he'd be free to learn to play his pipe and maybe keep other things he wasn't supposed to in that place. As he moved around the trays and racks and raised earth beds, he had a sudden longing to be outside where they belonged. Where he belonged. He remembered now how, sitting in that barrack's cell, he'd resolved to leave the mountain and find his folk. Or at least find out what had happened to them, how he'd vowed to be out by the end of the year. Yet weeks had passed and he'd done nothing. Of course, having his ribs cracked had had something to do with it, and life did tend to run on. In that moment, he resolved to lay aside his pipe and set out on his true quest, which was to find the place where he belonged. First, he had to find a way out. It would have to be a gate. The only one he knew of was. The main gate, which might be too risky to try with so many folk around, for while he could make himself invisible, he could still bump into folk, and he didn't know how well his shift might last in the stress of moving with a crowd. There must be others, he reasoned, lesser-used ones, that he might get through alone, and in his own time. Else the main gate would simply be called the gate. That being so, they'd likely be on other levels. But where? Somewhere out of the way of common folk. Wigan frowned. The creek was vast. The search could take a long time. Where to begin? Up? Or down? The nearer his gate to the world below, the easier would be the downward climb outside. Wiccan decided to start on the plant level and work his way down from there.